Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yo, 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 you're listening to the biggest podcast in Western civilization. Oh dear, what, what's happening? What's happening here, Matt? What have you been saying to him? Before I listened to Ball Street Podcast, I was small, single and unhappy. So what you're saying is, in four weeks you've had five kids, you've got married and you've become huge. Uh, yeah. Matt, this is not right, he's lying. He's lying to our listeners. He's a celebrity, people will believe him. Sex sells, remember? I'd just like to say that, that this is embarrassing. Uh, Beast, this is the first time I've ever met you, but I'm disappointed in you, to be fair. Live from the Beast House in South London. Finally, something that's true. Can we just run the jingle, please, and get on with this? The Long Ball so this is the long ball street thank you everyone for downloading we're here in the beast house adio let me start again. It's Adi Bayo, isn't it? I can film it. Yeah, Bayo. You saw hang on a minute. You've already given the guy the wrong name, having said that you disappointed him. Yeah. Oh, apologies. In the man's house. Apologies. Apologies. <laughs> this is right. recording. This is no. This is recording. It is recording. Oh, is, is it? No, 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 I'm not going to record getting his name wrong. Oh, no way. I was quite late for that. All right, all right, let's just go with it. Apologies. Yeah, I know. So, (laughs) you're in my house, (laughs) don't know my name, and you're disappointed in me. You're flipping worse than my dad. Love me. Uh, I apologise, oh, but we're from we're from the same place. We're from we're from Islington. We worked out before recording. Uh, we grew up and went to the same school. I can't believe it. I can't believe we, me and him went to Highbury Grove. He was a year above me, though. Um, yeah. To be fair, I don't know if his school life was any great because I can't remember him and he can remember me. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, my school life weren't great. I survived. I got through it. I had long blonde hair. Can you imagine me? Right, I looked like a girl. Right, I was, a, I was a late bloomer. I need yeah. to see some of these pictures. Oh. Have you got any old school? Uh, I couldn't. No, I, that's the worst thing is I couldn't. If he was in my year, if he, to be fair, if he was in my year, I would have remembered. Yeah. Um, like he was part of Richmond. I was Marlborough. Marlborough House was the best house. Just well, you know, um, debatable. Um, even though your year was 
You had. I'm surprised you survived because your year was a very, very school of hard knocks. Your year. Do you know what? Um, I learned some street smarts. Yeah. I learned how to not get into trouble, how to avoid stuff, and for that I'm thankful. But that's about all I'm thankful oh, for. Hybrid Grove. I actually look back at Hybrid Grove with fond memory. It's like it was. I had a way of a time in Hybrid Grove. I just, I actually like it. I mean, I drove past the other day. Have you seen it recently? Yeah, they've done it up. Oh, they've done it up. You know, we barely had a book between the class, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Let alone now, it looks like state-of-the-art. Do you remember the trench, the sunken playground? That yeah, was fun. man. That was yeah. hell. And when the tannoys would go, you'd have the last one out would get rushed. Yeah, man. The sunken <laughs> playground, that was real. I'm telling you, that, for me, that's education, yeah. the sunken playground. All right, well... So uh, hang on, right, I know the beast. You yeah. didn't know the beast, and now you two are chatting like old friends. I He's certified. Going to Hybrid Grove, that gives you BMO five stars. <laughs> That's certification. And he made it out in his year. <laughs> I, I mean, you can roll with me any day. Don't right, give him this. He's been like, <laughs> walking around like all cocky, <laughs> swagging around the place. I'm going to start no fights with people. It's all right. Uh, we're on iTunes. Finally, Matt, are you happy about that? Um, seriously, B, so we started this podcast a few weeks ago. Yeah. Flav's got a big podcast called The Fighting Cop, Big Spurs podcast. Um, very popular, very cool podcast. So he's like, oh, I'll start this Ball Street podcast. It'll be brilliant. Check Sorry, let me quickly pause in. So you're a Spurs fan? Yep. So you must have been buzzing with Cliff Jones. Oh, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cliff Jones. Yeah, man. See, that's what you lot didn't know. Cliff Jones, yep. Tottenham, Wales. He was the hardest. He must have been, what, 68 when yep. he was in school? Yeah. He used to wear shorts. I used to look at this teacher like, what? He was our PE teacher. <laughs> he was our PE teacher, <laughs> by the way. Sorry, he was our PE teacher, Cliff Jones. Any old school man would know him. And at that time, I didn't know who he was. He was way before my time. So I'm just seeing this teacher who could play ball and come out in shorts. I'm like, it's cold, man. <laughs> no, man, we're in London. It's cold. <laughs> he was the hardest 68-year-old. Yeah. Could head up, could try. Oh, he was that guy. Like, So yeah. you must have been buzzing off that. Uh, mate, I knew exactly who he was. My, my old man sent me to school and he said, uh, I'll come back and I'm like, my my PE teacher used to play for Spurs and he was like who is it and I went Cliff Jones and he was like it's the best left winger Spurs have ever had he's better than Bale that kind of he's level they were giving me props and because I played for Swansea I mean when I signed for Swansea he sent me a letter um, saying oh, look, all the best and that oh, and nice. then they were just telling me and then I was just seeing footage of him and how he could head how he can jump he yeah. could do everything so shout out Cliff Jones BMO yeah. 5 star stamp how do we in the building I like that, that right amazing. now you can go right now yeah sorry I can't follow that but the, so we started the podcast a few weeks ago Flav is like don't worry I am the king of podcasts I'll make everything alright I didn't say that and we go on to iTunes it's not there it's not there the podcast's not there so obviously that's where you get podcasts from yeah um, we're having to like, listen to it on our phones and then but now well it's sorted it takes time I said it takes time it's not my fault alright so anyone anyone anyway. is out there thank you for listening uh, we're on iTunes we've been getting some good feedback actually getting yeah. some good views yeah. um, a guy said that he was listening in his car which is quite nice so is that what now iTunes allows us to be in people's cars is that yeah cars or you know on, on your iPod now you can download it when you're in the bath if you like shower Whatever. Where, where do where do you think people do listen? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I I like a podcast on my. Do you listen to podcasts? At all? Nah, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. But I'm just trying to think. Like right now, somebody could be like listening to us while they're taking a shower. Yeah, they could be taking they a shower. Oh. They, um, it, it's it's very good on the mobile. So I've got uh, the app, and then you listen to it. So you listen to like Joe Rogan podcast and things like that, and you can just listen to it whenever. But a lot of people listen in advance as well. So this will be stored on there, and people might be listening to this in a week in two weeks it will, it will be live tomorrow but um, yeah it, 
it sort of stays there. Hey, if you're in the shower and you're listening to me and you're a female, <laughs> how you do? <laughs> what, what if it's Mrs. Beast? Hey, baby, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. So, so the way this uh, this works, B, is that we do. It's in kind of two sections. This podcast. The first part is on the pitch. So we talk about stuff pertaining to football that happens on the pitch. Obviously, some nice stuff to chat about with Wimbledon and that. The second part is more about you as a man. And, and you know, I've known you now for, for a good few years and you have a, a very interesting, incredible story that started at Highbury Grove. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll be getting into that. But to start us off, I guess Wimbledon, mate, big week for you guys, isn't it? Massive week. Um, I've just finished um, training um, and I just finished press day. And that was like two hours of press. So every everyone from Sky um, to ITV to Shoot Magazine to just just everybody um, just chatting about um, the playoff final. Um, yeah. So it's massive. It's just it's. I, I think that we kind of realizing. I mean, I've, I've, I mean, we talked. We was together on the at Northampton playoff yeah. final so we was there and that was big that Bradford was that you know, man, that was... you know that, that was a big game but for some reason this game feels bigger just because I think because of where AFC Wimbledon's come from the story behind AFC Wimbledon I mean they got this never die attitude and you know when somebody said they're not going to allow something to die and then they rebuild it from scratch mm. you know for the fans, I know it's cliche that people say they do it for the fans, but the fans have got to take you know massive credit. I mean, I know us players play the, the game, but when somebody says they ain't going to let something die and then you see it manifest itself to, you know, successes, you know, if we win this, I've got told it's the sixth promotion in 12 years. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. immense. Can, so, I, can I ask, because given that, and that surrounds the football club, doesn't it? The, the fact that it, after 14 years, only 14 years old, and you yeah. could be playing in the third tier of football, MK Dons have been relegated. So should you get through this game next season, there's going to be two ties against... I mean, that kind of rivalry is like no, none other. You talk yeah. about Arsenal, Liverpool, uh, United, Arsenal, Tottenham. There's something completely different in that. Are you aware of that at, at AFC? Yeah, you buy into that. Like, you, you honestly do. I mean, I've played against MK for... See, this is how I know. I play against MK. I don't even put the Dons at the end of their name. That's how much it, it, it means to our fans. Yeah. So, and you buy into it. Like, because MK, to me, were just a team. Played against them many a times. Just just a, a good ball-playing team that I used to enjoy playing against. Whereas now, they have become a bit of the enemy yeah. for me because you feed off, you realise how much it... It hurts or it hurt our fans in their soul. I'm talking about like it's gone beyond. Um, so it's gone beyond their heart. It's you know it's that it's burning them in their soul. So we know that as players, and like see that's added. Some people say added pressure, but it's an added incentive to yeah. look if we can be on a level playing field with them and play a league game against this team that shouldn't have formed. Yo, our fans, it's just, that's the icing on the cake. I mean, look, we're trying to succeed for us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just the yeah. fans trying to succeed for us. They want to get promotion. They want to go in the right way. I've always said that progression is the key in life. And every year, you know, AFC Wimbledon have been progressing, you know, if that's position-wise or league-wise. So progression is the key. But to have that incentive to know you're playing against MK next season, ah. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Just to hear from a fan's perspective, to hear a player talk like that about their, to understand what the fans are going to understand through. the significance it's of it. A yeah. rare thing, a rare, rare thing, and it's it's it's, it's uh, frustrating 
uh, that, that many players don't talk in the same way. And you've had it, so it's been kind of a, an up and down season, hasn't it, for you as a player? Yeah. Uh, and have periods of frustration, not as um, involved in terms of starting the game as probably you'd like to be. But um, and we were doing some stuff, weren't we, just before? Just it was getting to. I think you just got into the playoffs, and um, and I remember your attitude was really positive and it's like come off the hour I was saying to you come off the hour come off the man yeah. and I remember watching the first leg and it was nil-nil it's a very tight game and you come on and is it I mean it's fair to say trans- transform the game really didn't you yeah yeah I mean you know you touched on it this has probably been one of the the hardest the hardest season I've had in the sense of you know, I mean, I've been at clubs where, you know, I go for a period of, of not playing or not starting. You know, that that every footballer's kind of gone through that. Yeah. Um, but this year, it was it was, it was was a bit different. I, I mean, I played 51 games last season and, you know, I re-signed this year, you know, to be part of it. The way I am, I'm, you know, I'm a big guy, literally, but my whole... My whole ethos is, you know, I want to, I want to carry everything on my shoulders. You know, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm mm. big enough to, to take that. And then, you know, um, first half of the season I was starting, and it was indifferent. You know, and you know, you was, you was, I, I was hearing negative talks. You know, from the sideline, not necessarily from the gaffer, but you know, the gaffer as a manager has to look at, you know, where he could strengthen, where we're going wrong. You know, how we can get the best of the team and not one man. And I've always said that, you know, no one man should be bigger than a club or bigger mm. than a squad or anything like that. So it was a little bit difficult for me because just after the turn of the year, Christmas, I felt like I just found my form. You know, it took me, I just found my form. I was like, yeah. And then at the same time, Tom Elliott found his form as well. And I think one thing a player, if a player can look at himself and say, if the decision's justified, then it makes it a little bit more easier. Mm. Human nature, you're still going to be frustrated because yeah. I wasn't playing. But to be fair to Tom Elliott and Lyle Taylor, they formed a partnership which clicked. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately it was when I thought I clicked into... Um, it, when I thought I, I clicked into form, Tom Elliott and Lyle clicked as well. And you can see from the results that... You know, it was a successful period, which you know yeah. got us into, you know, got us in and around the playoffs. So you know, as a as a as a as a man and as a footballer, you know, it's a process. You kind of, you know, you you work harder. What I did, you know, I work harder and I prayed harder. You know, they were <laughs> they were like my two my goal to you know work harder, pray harder. Don't mm-hmm. let them work harder. Have let them have nothing to say to you. And it was, you know, I, I don't know if this has come out that much, um, but you know, I was about to I was. I was allowed to go out on loan. Yeah. Um, the gaffer said, look, I can go out on loan. You know, the one thing I'll also give to my manager is he never disrespected me. You know, um, I never felt like he disrespected me. He did show me the respect. He always talked to me. He was like, look, B, I'm going with this. This is what you bring, but this is what the others are bringing. And, you know, you can't begrudge that because once the, the results don't communication lie. communication. Yeah. yeah, communication and, and, and results. results. Once the results are there, you're like, well, yeah. And, it's, yeah. and the communication. And another thing which as made it easier for me even though it was tough was uh, genuinely the team spirit in our changing room has been second to none it's been in 15 years of football it's been one of the best changing rooms I've had so it's I never ever got to a stage where I was wishing badness on my team so I'll be watching them and I never wish badness and that was the same from other players that didn't get into um, the team it was always about it was always about 
the team, and that was, and that's, and that's rare in football. Well, mm. no, some if not, it's rare when it's when you find a change room like that. That's rare. It's yeah. good when it's about the team. Yeah. Um, and and I saw that because even when I scored against Plymouth, you know, the the, the Tom Elliott who's in my positions, a lot you could see that how much they were happy, you know, for me. And that's mm. where it is when other players are doing well. It's everybody has their time to shine. So. Yeah, I, I'm, the, I'm glad the loan never transpired. You know, we didn't get the loan to go through, um, so which I stayed at AFC Wimbledon. And like you said, um, it was a process, and I'd got to the other side of the process of being very positive. Um, like I said, I, I know the work I put in, mm. you know, off the pitch. Um, I know the faith I'd put in off the pitch. So it was, look, give me my time, and, you know, hopefully I'll be able to do my thing. So, yeah. and that's what. That's how it's it's transpired to that. So can I ask you as well, because obviously you're a bit older now, um, and you can often, I think as you grow older, you start to understand the world a little bit more, and, and you you know you learn. And I've gone through this myself. You kind of you look back at times when you were younger, and you think, God, if I'd have known then what I know now, I might have acted differently. Um, do you think that going through that process this season? Do you think that? you've handled it better as because you're an older, more mature guy than you might have done if that was 10 years ago? 110%. Mm. 110%. If I was younger, it would have been, you know, it would have probably been more of a problem. Like like you said, I mean, for me, you know, your past, um, your past prepares you for your present, your present prepares you for your future. You know, you don't allow your past to take your future. Take that quote, because I made that quote today. It's a badass quote. It's <laughs> a badass quote. But I don't allow my past to dictate my future, but I learn from my past. And because where I am now, you know, I'm 34, I'm a father of five. You know, as when you strip it all away, I love football. But football's, you know, something I do. You know, it, it's it's not me. It's a, it's a part of me, yeah. but it's not me. So, you know, as I'm older, you know, I can see through the grey. You know what I'm saying? And then try and look for the, the lights that's, you know, beyond the situation, you know, and try not to allow the, the situation cons- to consume me. And, you know, also in the sense where right now, it's not just what I can bring on the field. And that's something I had to learn as well. You know, mm. it's like, look, I'm 34. You know, we got a striker that's 22, 25, 26. So I'm like 10 years, eight years senior. So what I can bring to them, you know, with my experience dealing with situations, you know, trials and tribulations, that's what I've brought this season. And, yeah. you know, and, and I've, you know, I, I embrace that situation of, you know, being a, I don't say a father figure, I'd say like an older brother, yeah, you know, man. to these players sort of thing. And for me, it's, that's, that, that, that also I embodied and I've, I've had that. Whereas when I was younger, I didn't have no experience to give nobody. Yeah. So I was able to deal with the situation. You were the little early. brother or the middle brother. I was, just, I, was just a, I was just a rebel when I was younger. And, and it, it, yeah, it's funny because I see that in you, by the way. So I can, I, and I think I saw like Taylor talking about how behind the scenes he can't speak enough about what you do for him. And I can see that because, I mean, I'm actually older than you and, and he looks it. It's like a school Grange comprehensive in No, but seriously, I can see that because you you are a and we'll get onto some of this stuff, but um you are kind of, I think, wise beyond uh, beyond your years, and you have a, a, a focus and some a steely kind of um, 
um, ability to almost transcend the situations that you're in and, and it's almost like a, a belief I don't exactly know what it is but it's something that I've always admired about you, Thank you. and that I find fascinating actually and we're going to get onto that a little bit in, in the Thank future you. I've just got a question actually you're talking about your, your youth career Bayo. Now, you, I, I was reading that that you spent three years at Watford yeah oh then, how long was it three eight years no no eight months Eight months. It was only eight months. I was right. only on. Yeah, sack the researcher. Well, yeah, that's Wikipedia. But, <laughs> but then it, this is true. I know this for a fact. You went out to Lithuania. Yeah, that's 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 a crazy move, isn't it? Or what? What? How? What happened? You were young, and I was. That's not a country. I'd imagine many people think to go and play football in. Yeah, I didn't think. I didn't think of that um, at the time. Um, I still thought that I was going to get a prem club. I was. 17 just about turning 18 so I think I was 18 and I was like yeah I'm still gonna I'm still gonna make it like you know when you're talking about that steely focus and determination that didn't never once wither you know I was like yeah I'm still gonna make it so then at 18 I was on a I went to Watford for like it was a, it was a trial it was meant to be a month trial um so the first month went up and I had a manager then he was like right, look we like you still train with us for another month so I was like cool so that happened for three months. So at the time, I'm I'm training and thinking, all right, cool, I'm still training at Watford, it's not a problem. That manager left, another manager came in, he had a look at me for three months. That manager left, another manager came in, he had a look at me for two months, and then, I've told this story before, I remember um, he called my mum and dad in. He was like, look, I want to have a sit down with you. So I was thinking, oh, he's called my parents in, oh, they're going to sign me. So I was like, yeah, yeah, made my parents take a day off work and that. So as we got there and that, we sat down in the change room, and he was like, well, look, I'm afraid we're not going to offer you a quick contract. And the first thing I thought, <laughs> I swear to you... Talk it, about a team. It, it, wasn't even, it wasn't even a bad offer me. The first thing I thought, I, I looked at him and I was like, so you made my parents take a day off work to hear that? That yeah. was the first thing I was thinking. Did you say like, that? No, I didn't say that to him because I know my mum and dad would... My mum would have slapped me mm. in my head because she would have said I was being rude. Yeah. But I was thinking... I remember thinking, you made them take a day off work for this. So he was like, yeah, we've got eight strikers trying to get into two teams, um, the reserves and the first team, so we're not going to offer your contract. And I was like, okay. So even now, I was like, but however I am anyway at the time, I was like, it's cool, right. I'll see you. I'll see you when I play against Watford. I remember that was my last line when I left that. My mum just was like, oh, that's my son. Anyway, she pops out. <laughs> But anyway, and I remember driving back thinking, no, y'all not take the, you like, you not take the piss, like, do you know what I'm saying, for bringing my parents in. And then funny That's enough, is, it was just, weird. it was just stupid at that time. And I wasn't, I can't remember his oh, name. I thought there was something else coming. That was it. No, that was it. It oh, was it. Geez. They called me in, Sorry. and that was it. You might <laughs> want to wear a suit. You might want to. <laughs> let's get the press in. And the worst thing is, I can't remember his name because I swear down, I would tweet him. I would send him a message. I'll find him, and I would say a message like, "All right, look, if you were the guy that released me at Watford." Um, I must have been 18, so it's a little while ago. Maybe it was McDermott, McDonald, something like that. We need to find that out. We'll find that, because I need to have a conversation with you, because I don't mind you releasing me. I ain't got a problem with that. It's You need to pay my mum and dad the money they took yeah. off that they didn't earn for the day of work. Yeah, I'm just letting yeah. you know. That's right. fair. That so, is fair. Um, that happened, but yeah. then at the time, I was um, my football agent. I had an agent who was married to a Lithuanian woman, and he said, well, look... Um, the chairman of the Lithuanian club, um, club had come down to watch me play. Not He'd come down to watch Watford play. Mm. And then was like, ah, oh, the big guy looks good. So then they got talking. Um, and then he was like, look, we play um, European football if you want to come out. So I was like, 
So this is, I think we're coming about August times or maybe July times, just before pre-season. So it's like, well, look, our season starts from April to November. Um, we'll, we'll, we want you to come out for two weeks in September. Um, and after the two-week trial, we'll let you know. So I was like, all right, look, I ain't got nothing on, but I've got no interest in signing. <laughs> no interest in signing. But... If I go out there and they want me, it will make it good for clubs here. Say, yeah. look, a, a team in Europe want to sign me. I'm 18. Take me. Yeah. So mm. I was like, right. By the way, Lithuania sounds cold. Is it? No, when I went in September, it was nice. This is really? how they got me. They sucked me in. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. They sucked me in. So um, I got there in September. It was nice. Hotter than here. Like, went there. I was like, okay. Okay. But remember, I'm 18. So we're going back. Out of my now. 16 years. We're going back right? 16 years. All right, cool. You did the maths. We're going back 16 years. Laptops were expensive as hell. <laughs> no iPads. No FaceTime. None of this. DVDs right. had just come out. I'm talking about not to this Maybe, era now. There's not even... A, yeah, there's no... Well, you don't have a laptop, but there'd be no Wi-Fi. There'd there was be, none. You're there cut was off. nothing. You was... When I mean you was cut off, you was cut off. I had to buy calling <laughs> cards to talk. There was none. I had to go to... Let me tell you to the point... I had to go to the internet cafe and talk on MSN. That's how wow. back we were. So I'm, this is what I'm yeah. saying. So people that would know, would know what I'm talking about. You yeah. was cut off. So they weren't like it is now, whereas you go away, you're FaceTiming. Yeah. Like you're... From anywhere. From anywhere now. now. I, mean, I remember travelling in uh, like 2001, Thailand and places like that. And that's how you'd keep in touch. Yeah. You'd essentially go and you'd go into like a little internet cafe. Yes. Be a slow connection. Yes. And you're just trying to get... dial up. It yeah. was proper slow. And yeah. I was just living on MSN, like hoping, look, go on MSN so we can talk. I remember to Mrs. At the Mrs. She was 18. We just got together. Um, go on to MSN we can talk well, right, it was just that yeah. so but that that's just what I'm trying to put into the into into your heads to where mm. it was like 16 years ago so I went out there for two weeks and on after the third day they said here's a three year contract like when you know like this was I can remember this this was one of the first few times when I was flames in, in the trial <laughs> I was flames I can remember three days where no matter what I tried, it came off. Yeah, I yeah. I just looked great. I, like, <laughs> oh, I could run, I, I could flick. That. It was on my chest. I was yeah. that guy in three days. So I was like, cool, 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 cool. Just because I think I was so not bothered yeah, about yeah. it. So I was just Change like, that it's as well, so isn't it? crazy. It's like, it's like when you're not looking for a girl. And, uh, exactly. Uh, I've had these friends, you go out and you, you sing, yeah, I'm not interested in women and they're just, they're all over you. I'm yeah. telling you, that's how it was. It was like, I'll get that anyway, but say no more. No, but I'm saying it was just, so after the third day, he was like, we want to sign you. So here's a three year contract. So what I thought, I, so anyway, no, no. So I come back after the, the two weeks, I come back, um, and still, so I came back in September. Their league was almost finishing. So in my head, I've got September till they was like, they wanted to come, come, to come back out in March right. for four weeks before the season starts yeah. in April. So in my head, I'm like, oh, I've got that period. I'm, Six I'm, months, I am no way. Got, Find in my a head, new club. Exactly. I was like, oh, I've got them. Offer me a three-year contract. Oh, my agent's going to get me a club. I ain't got a problem. So I remember September come. Raw, nothing. October, November, December. I'm like, raw, nothing. January, February. 
So uh, we were we were basically saying that you're you, so you, you, you'd been offered a three year con- uh, cl- uh, contract in Lithuania and it come round to about February and you're like, well, yeah, I was like, still, it got to February and I was thinking, wow, like I'm actually not going to sign nowhere. So um, then March came, so the decision came in. It was like, I um, are you going to come? And nothing could come. So I was like, yeah, you know what? And what I thought I did. I thought I signed a year, two years, my option. That's what I thought I'd signed. Because I remember sitting down with my agent. By the time, my agent weren't the best at the time. I'm sorry, I uh, can't remember his name. Uh, but he wasn't the best at the time. Um, so I discussed him. I was like, look, give it a year and a year up my option. Because, you know, they sold the club to me. Um, they gave me a house. It was hot. Um, it was hot. Oh, that was it. September, nice hot. I was thinking, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. I remember I'm 18... Um, I'm not worldly in that sense. You can't um, Google it at that point. Yeah, either. no Google, no oh, nothing. Oh, I just, I was just a brother from London, you know, um, thinking, yeah, cool, go Lithuania, this, that, and the other. So anyway, when I got there, I found out I'd signed a three-year contract. Period, just a three-year contract. So I was like, oh wow. I got there in March. On my life, it was cold. The snow was <laughs> thick. And the worst thing, they always like it was nothing. We went to, I swear down, I swear down, like it must have been a week. So, no, no, it was the second week because the first week, um, I remember when I got there um, and we played a pre-season game. This is where I heard the zigga, zigga, zigga shoot the fucking, you know. Oh, wow. So that was it. Well, that's just like, that was so the crowd. This is the crowd. So I paint that picture. So this is like, I've been there for a week. So, so I got there on a Monday. The Saturday, we, we had a pre-season game. Um, and this was like, the, the game was like Sunday pitches. So the crowd are, they're not in stands. They're around the pitch. They're around the pitch. So it's really tight. So I remember the game kicked off and I just remember, <laughs> so I was thinking, nah, they're not really doing monkey noises, are they? But nah, I was just thinking, nah, 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 it weren't. So again, I'll be on the side running down and I'll hear, and I was thinking, Right, actually, they're doing monkey noises. Uh, so I was thinking, I was like, raw. I was like, all right, cool, still. Because I was still a big guy. You know, I was still a big guy in the sense of my size, even at, even at 18. So I was a big guy. So I still had that whole Hybrid Grove mindset. You know, like, all right, look, you know, if I have to scrap, I'm going to scrap. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, but then I was like, raw, these boys, are, these these people are really doing a monkey chance. The next thing, so that must have been like 10 minutes into the game, 15 minutes into the game, I started hearing the chant, zigga, 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 shoot the fucking zigga, zigga, zigga. And I was like, oh, hell no. That's I was thinking, oh, hell no. So I, cool. Um, I remember like half time came and then five minutes into the second half, I got brought off. And the eruption the, the from when I got brought off was mad. And what, just people cheering just almost. cheering that had come off so it was like um, how do you cope with that like that's must do be you know, so okay I remember and what made it worse there was about a thousand people about a thousand people singing it and probably about three to four hundred maybe with my own fans singing it and I was like what this is deep so anyway I remember I remember this like even while the game was going on I asked the uh, because I didn't have a cell phone at the t- no no I had a, a phone but I couldn't be called an international at them times, you know, at <laughs> them times. So I remember I asked for the, the chairman, 
um, the chairman's phone, so I took his phone. So to be fair, whenever I saw him, I took his phone to mm. call home. So I remember I called my brother, my older brother, and I always remember this conversation like it was yesterday. I was like, yo, bro. He was like, what's up? I was like, yeah, you know what? Um, brother, I just played a game, and they were saying zigga, zigga, zigga. They were being bare racial. It was like, for real? I goes, I'm coming home. I, I'm coming home. And I figured my brother knows. Once I get my mind set on something, yeah. I do it. There's no, you can't di- di- distract me or deter me. I'm like, I'm coming home He's like oh for real I was, I'm coming home I don't care what they say It was like you know what bro I swear down I'm not going to tell you to do nothing that you don't feel you don't want to do I'm going to tell you I'm not going to tell you anything that don't feel you, that don't make you feel safe but if you come home just know they've won and I said what do you mean he's like if you come home they've won I'm telling you that so still, because I'm stubborn, I'm like, well, I don't care about them. Like, I swear down, I don't care about them. But I remember, when he come off the phone, I remember I went home, went back to the, my house, and I la- laid down, and I remember, I don't know what it was, but I know when I woke up next morning, I was like, ain't nobody running me out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. I promise you that. Ain't nobody running me out of nowhere. And I remember, I was like, I phoned him that, that night. I was like, nah, you know what, I'm staying. He was like, say no more, big man. I was like, right, cool. And then... That was it. That was the that was the moment when I was like, it don't matter what they say, it don't matter what they do, I'm staying. That was especially for that yeah. year. I was like, I'm staying. So then the next week we had another preseason game, and we turned up, and it was already snowing. So for me, we pull up, and we're playing on this astroturf. So we pull up to the to the to the ground, and I, I kid you not, people, it was at least ten inches of snow. I swear down, <laughs> I swear down, ten. And so me, I'm thinking. Oh, we're just gonna turn right back round on this bus and go back. So I'm sitting on there like, and this is uh, to be fair. I had a CD player. This is like, oh, it was I had a little CD, CD Walkman. <laughs> CD Walkman. Oh, and I remember just listening like, oh yeah, we better turn around. <laughs> I tell you, it's not. Nah. We're like, not playing in this. This game is definitely on. <laughs> I see the rest of my squad just get up and come off the come off, and I was like. Well, the game on. They was they looked at me like I'd said something stupid. Like <laughs> it was just the norm. I was like, I promise you, I am not playing. I watched the game from the coach. Yeah. I sat down on the coach and just watched. I had my walkman on. Remember listening to Mario just watching it. Like not me, yeah. This this world's not for me. But Mate, that was that, like that was the start of it. What, um, what a scenario? Didn't have like. a bad season though. Nah, I had a very good season. And see, for this is what it was. It was like they got to. There was three big clubs. There was Vilnius which is the capital, Colnus, and then FK Atlantis, and then Akranus. So it was really like, at the time, Rangers and Celtic. Mm. They had them two, and they generally always ran away with it. And then it was Akranus, and then FK Atlantis was probably fourth. Um, so um, FK Atlantis, a team I played for, hadn't won a trophy in 11 years. So we got to equivalent of... So we was in the UEFA Cup, we played Rapid Bucharest, um, who played Liverpool the year before and lost 1-0 over two legs so they were the real deal yeah. um, we played them in the UEFA Cup um, we lost 12-1 over two legs but let's move on swiftly from that <laughs> yeah, yeah. they whooped our ass on their whole man away but and this was the first time I had experienced getting on a plane to go to Romania so it was you know like now you, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm used to that I'm, you yeah. know you can do that I'm not saying a plane thing but you know, we played the first leg, UEFA Cup, we lost 4-1 at our place. Then we had a private jet, uh, private plane, and that took us over to Romania. And I was like, rah, you know, we walked out to the Champions League music. Nice. There was the big ball flag on it. So it was like, 
and Rapid Bucharest Stadium it held like 55,000 and it was full to the rafters. So it was like, it was an experience, you know. Um, so I played UEFA Cup that year um, and then we got to equivalent to the FA Cup. Um, and we won 1 0 and I scored the only goal. And I kid you not, from there, just the whole thing changed. Like, I opened up Adidas stores, I didn't pay in restaurants no more, didn't pay in cinema. It was just, I was, we met the mayor of um, Clypador, he was just, he was just breading me. So <coughs> it was just, for me, it was, what I learned from there, it was just ignorance. It was ignorance at the highest order that I was the first black person in the league. Mm. Um, one of the few black people in the city of Clypador. So it was just ignorance. They hadn't known none. They didn't, yeah. hadn't seen it, you know, at that time. So what they didn't know, they was afraid of. And that just showed me that after the, the season scoring the goal and how they took to me and how I was opening up stores and it was just ignorance. And there's another yeah. story from there. Um, I remember I used to stay with a Japanese player. So there was two international players that had um, signed for the club so I was doing shopping so I was just getting a few bits and bobs and I'm at the till and as I'm at the till I see this little girl so they must have been there There was her family was over there they had long black drench coats them Dr. Martin yeah. boots you know the jeans and she came up to me and she just went white power and I remember looking white at her she, white power she, she must have been 11 no bigger than 11 and I was thinking to myself but where's your parents where's your dad so I can whoop your dad's butt because for me I was like I was 18, people wouldn't disrespect me like that in London, like mm. let alone an 11 year old girl. But that was what, that was what I had to deal with. But for me, it was, that's why now, whenever I deal with, or I come across anything, you know, heckling or not playing, I mean, nothing was as bad as what I was going through at 18. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was 18 at the time in the sense of, yeah, you know, young. I was cut off. So I was a pop at that time. So now, I deal with it. So people say, why well, am I always smiling? And now I'm like, what have I got to be smiling about? You know, mm. I've, there's no reason for me not to smile, you know? So that was my, that was my, that was my stint in Lithuania. <laughs> I love that though for the setup. You go out there, it's sunny, you're, oh. you're on fire, everything you touch is flying in the back thing. of the net. And then you go back there, it's like, oh, actually, it it's cold. cold. It's freezing cold. And guess what? Exactly. <laughs> guess what? Everyone's as racist as hell out it here. It got me. And you know, you for one year, it's actually three it years. It got me. But lucky enough is, you know the worst thing is, I've never, ever said this, so you lot got an exclusive. Like, I, I never got paid while I was back here. So the season was from August to, no, no, sorry, April to November. So, at the end of the season, December, January, February, I came back here, but always got paid when I got back there. But if you don't pay somebody for three months, it's a breach of contract. Yeah. So, that's how John Fashion got me out of my contract. So, right, okay. I went there the second year. For the second year, I was like, nah, look, I don't want to be here no more. And he's like, you still got two years left. I was like, look, I, I want to come out of my contract. It was like... Well, boy, you can't. I was like... There's Adidas stores that need opening. Yeah, they were saying stuff like that. And I was like, well, you ain't paying me for three months, so you're a breach of contract. So, to be fair, I think if I go back to Lithuania now, I'd be a wanting man. I ain't going to really? lie. Yeah, because it was just left. I hadn't... Wow. I, it was John Fashion who dealt with it. And I remember the chairman was like... And the, the, to be fair, the chairman of our club, he was a goalie. He was a former goalie. And he was like... 
he had ties to the underworld. So if I ever went back to Lithuania, I'd make it kidnapped and that. Yeah. So um, it's one of them. But yeah, sound like, you know, it's no, no problem. There's plenty of other nice countries out there. You don't have to go there. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Lithuania is not a place to go to. <laughs> So we've gone a bit off um, off our point there, haven't we? We've gone a little bit out of things. So, so shall we, we, we get back into the, the let's playoffs? Let's do Liverpool. Uh, oh, yeah. Because, yeah. you, you know, you've got this um, this weekend, huge, uh, huge game, Plymouth Argyle. Yeah. Um, for, for people that are listening that don't know, first leg, I think it was nil-nil, very tight game. You come on in the second half. This is against Accrington. Against Accrington Stanley. Yeah. Um... Is that the one where you nearly broke the post actually creamed yeah. a volley yeah yeah and put we, it on my chest um, r- rumour has it that I'd been doing volley drills with you on yeah the yeah we actually I, we actually was um, to be fair the quality was 10 times better of, with my teammates than I was with Matt <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm working on I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Scraps. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we did some we did some filming earlier in a week with Matt and he was putting in some crosses That's and right. You know, he was just limbering me up, getting warm and That's that. That's right, uh, if I could get it in, in the air and, <laughs> and, and towards you. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, you, you kind of made the, the goal, which was a nice one. I remember balling to feet on the on the edge yeah. and then turn, put it to the edge of the box. Guy has two bites at the cherry, but the yeah. second one uh, yeah, goes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1-0, second leg at Accrington. Now, I turned this on. It was the same night, wasn't it, as the UEFA? Uh, yeah, I missed uh, the Liverpool book. game, yeah. Yeah, Liverpool game we're on, and um, I was kind of trying to watch them both, basically. Um, and I stuck it on, and uh, it was 2-0 down. And then you came on, and, and uh, beautiful. Well, header. I actually came on at 1-0. Oh, down. was it? Okay, yeah, it was sorry. 1-0 when I came on. Um, came on at half-time. Then they scored a screamer, to be fair to them, um, to make it 2-0. So basically, we was going out. We was two one down, and then. But you, you always uh, you love playing Accrington. Yeah, man, I, I do. I, Accrington. I've only scored. I think I've been a professional for fifteen years. I scored one career hat trick, and it was against Accrington for Northampton uh, a couple of years back now. Um, so, 
Accrington, I actually enjoy playing against Accrington, but yeah, um, Mary Fuller put in a great cross and um, back stick and I keep telling them, look, put it in my office, you know, in the six yard box and that, that's my office. And I just managed to dump on him. I just dunked him on yeah. the back stick. I just, and like I said, I've, I've scored some crucial goals. I, to be fair, the goal against Liverpool was probably like one of my favourite goals of my career. Um, yeah. In that, in the sense of, and I think in the sense of the magnitude of the goal, because it's Liverpool, I, I still think that the goal itself against Liverpool was, I'll be remembered for. But feeling wise, I never thought nothing would beat that. I honestly didn't think anything beat that. But the goal last Wednesday beat it mm. just because, you know, the magnitude of the goal, the timing, scoring it in front of our fans, our yeah. way fans. It was just and it was a it was a great, it was a towering header. Yeah, you know when it's like it wasn't yeah. like it was a a tapping or nothing. It was for me a man's header. Like if you put a yeah. bus in front of me, I was lifting up the bus. Yeah. Like after that goal, I felt like. Um, I could shut most things down. Put Iron Man in front of me, and I would have just shut yeah, it down. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it was, it was just, it was that feeling. And you know, as footballers, that's what you try and play the game for when you just see the elation on people's faces. So, um, yeah, man. So then that was the the goal that brought us level. And then what Lyle Taylor's done all season, um, you know, scored goals. You know, after a great run by Jake Reeves, beautiful run now. Oh wasn't it? yeah, Jake Reeves. It was it was Messi esque. Especially um, for extra time yeah, as well. Yeah, but him, I'm t- both <coughs> our midfielders, you know, days. I'm telling you, they can run. I get tired just watching them and I and I watch him in awe, you know, the both of them, they get up and down and they've done that all season. You know, Danny Bullman's 37 and, and like Jake Ruse, yeah, he's 22, but they can just run, they can just keep running. And the run he done and then, like I said, Lyle Taylor put a chance in front of that for Lyle Taylor and he's going to bury it. And, yeah. You know, that just set off the scenes after the game, which was the scenes were yeah. scenes. It was yeah, it was it was memorable. It was incredible, and so so, so now you're you're um, um, I mean there was a you, you threw to Wembley. It's Plymouth who um, you've obviously played a couple of times. You scored against them, didn't you? Yeah, I scored against them last month. So how are you um, so are the boys confident? Yeah, I mean Plymouth have. They've been in the top two that like, all season, so they 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 got to be favourites, um, and we know that we have got to play out our skin to beat them. There's no, oh uh, yeah, we can't just just turn up and cruise. I'm talking about from us to the manager to the players to the fans, all got to be on song to mm. beat Plymouth. We know this, um, but at the same time, you know it's nice that we know we've we've beaten them recently under our belt. So of course you you. You take that into, you know, you, you, you take some belief from that. Um, but it's Wembley and it's a one-off game mm. and anything can happen. So, you know, fingers crossed mm. that, you know, it's it's us that get that desired result. Well, good luck for that, mate. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. We'll be cheering you on. Thank and, uh, you. Uh, obviously, um, you know, you've had a really good impact on the playoffs and hopefully you can, uh, I know it's a team thing, but hopefully you, you have a good day there as well. Thank you. Now... Looking back at the season and say uh, you're a Liverpool fan. Yes, I am. Uh, which we know. So, so, how do you feel about their season? Um, I mean, I think it's been indifferent. Um, I think that I think Klopp's gonna do well. I honestly do. I think that you can you can see um, what he's trying to implement. Um, I think we need to add to our team, add to our squad. Um, if we had won the league, I mean, sorry, if we had won the Europe, Europa, Europa Cup, you know, it would have, I think it would have been like a nice little 
that nice little cushion or foundation to build upon. But unfortunately, we didn't win it. But it's it's a progression game, mm. um, and I think you can see, you know, slowly and surely what he's trying to implement. So I'm looking forward to him having a full season uh, with Liverpool, and you know, see what happens next year. Okay. Well, how did how did it feel? Because there's a kind of mixed elation from obviously you're going to Wembley, but at the same time. Liverpool have um, it was, capitulated yeah, were you in, I was thinking that actually were you in touch with the result I was thinking when you were in extra time I was wondering I wonder if he knows that nah been... so what had happened because I remember name dropping Danny Murphy asked me the same question right. um, oh, and this also I got shout out the reason why I love Liverpool Liverpool sent me a birthday tweet on my birthday saying happy birthday beast love that yeah. and Stevie Gerrard sent me a personal message on my Instagram saying happy birthday and said look if I'm out in London um, in the LA he'll take care of me that See, That's all that nice. stuff there, this is what I'm saying, why Liverpool, you never walk alone and that. <laughs> but then I also, that means I'm, I'm moving up in the world, you know. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. But, um, yeah, to be fair, I, when I was on the bench, I saw 1-0, so I was buzzing. I was like, yep. Yeah. And funny enough is, I got showed 2-0, but then got told about the goal that got disallowed. But that came up as 2-0. So my assist, the one of the coaches, showed me 2-0 because he knows I'm a Liverpool fan. So in my head, I've still got 2-0 in my head. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just like, oh, we're 2-0 up. We're done in this. Yeah. So then at the end of the whole game, I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm sitting out of the face. We won, Liverpool won. And they was like, no, Liverpool lost 3-1. So I was like, no, nah, I know you're lying because we scored two goals. <laughs> you know, they was like, no, Liverpool lost 3-1. I was like, what are you talking about? We was 2-0 up. They was like, no. So then I would then found out that no, the goal got disallowed. So then, you know, as a player, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm buzzing. You know, it's nice. But then as a fan, your team, you're like, oh gosh, it would have been such a beautiful night. So, you know, it took a little bit of the gloss off. Mm. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you're like, like, cool, again, Liverpool, we go again next season. So it did take a little bit of the gloss off because, yeah. you know, I thought both of us would have won. It would have been nice that way. All right. Absolutely. So shall we go to the next? Um, yeah, let's. What we'll do? Time? We'll break break now because it's been a long half and fascinating stuff, honestly. Um, but what we do now is have a little roundup of, of what you can expect to see on the Ball Street Channel, including what we'll talk about a little bit is the Beast versus Virtual Beast. Yeah. Um, and other bits and pieces that YouTube have been on. Uh, let's go to their YouTube channel. Yeah. So Ball stay tuned. This week on Ball Street, have a butchers at us lot talking about Man United, England and Turkey and a very special video where we review the season in 360. Basically, you can go on your iPhone or computer and you can control the camera and put it in whatever direction you want. You can put it in the direction of the person who's speaking. You can put it in the direction of Robbie's face as I rip him about Arsenal. Once again, that kind of happens. Also, please remember to watch... The real beast versus the virtual beast competing in FIFA drills. All of that can be seen on youtube.com forward slash Ball Street. Do it now. All right, second half of the long Ball Street. Adibayo Akinfenwa. You're 34. You play for Wimbledon. You're born in Islington. You've had 14 football clubs. You scored over 100 league goals. Went to school with you. Went to school with Flav. I just refer to myself in the third person. And you're, uh, you're known as a beast and you're the strongest man in football. Ain't you a bit big for a footballer? <sighs> Yo, man, I've been trying to say that for years. But you've just quoted my stat, uh, my stat, my, my stats of why I'm not too big for a footballer. Of course, but, yeah, yeah. Um, how, no, how, how have you made it though? I'm concentrating on my strengths. That's just you know you, you concentrate on your strengths. My strengths is 
my, you know my strengths up. My strengths is exactly what you saw against Accrington Stanley. Mm. You know, I don't try and deviate from it. I'm not going to try and be like a Jermaine Defoe. I'm not going to try and be like a a, a a little runner that can run away from defenses. That's never been my game. Mm. You know, I'm I'm very good at ball retention. I'm very good in the air. You know, I'm very good at bringing others into play. I've got a very good touch. Not for a big guy. Just period. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. them ones good where, feet. oh yeah, 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 you know, he's got a good touch for a big guy. Nana, I've got a good touch. Period. Like, yeah. take out. It's just, this one thing I just think people, they constantly like, oh yeah, but, oh yeah, but. And I, that's the world. You know, I'm just saying that it's cool. I've got a good touch. Move on. That's mm. it. Do, do you know, I, I love that, what you're saying about working on your, your strengths. There's a... Um, um, there's this Harvard business um, report that talks about how uh, we've been in an age where you're taught to focus on your weaknesses. Like, oh, you're not very, you know, at school, you've got kids, you're not very good at maths, you need to work harder on your maths, which yeah. is fine, you do up until a point. However, people are happy when they're doing the things that they love and the things that they're really good at. Yeah. And actually to focus on your strengths, there's, a, there's a, this whole school of thought that in business you've got to do that. So rather than making people do things they're not good at, is that that's where... That things really come together is when you get people to in the right roles and doing the things that they're good at so working on your strengths 100% I think like like anything I remember a coach and I can't remember who the coach was or maybe it was a striker and I heard this quote it was you know if you had a bad training session they stay out longer and try and get better, get better. <laughs> but anybody will tell you when you've had a good training session is when you should try to stay out because everything's flowing. Right. You know, that's the thing in a sense where, and I'm not saying like, you know, my weaknesses, my pace, my weaknesses have to stay on top of my fitness. So my days off, I have to work harder. And I'm not saying that I neglect that. I actually don't. You know, my days off now, especially at 34, I'm in the gym, not just pumping weights, doing cardio, mm. you know, because that's the side which I know I need to work on. But at the same time, I'm also banging weights because my size is my size. My mm. strengths are my strengths. Like anything, like you keep saying, it's like, look, my strengths are my strengths. Your strengths would be your strengths of whatever it would be. So focus on that. Like, stop, because exactly, people would love to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, good hold up play. Yeah, but it's not that quick, you know. It's straight away, yeah. it's yeah, you yeah. want to give a positive, but it has to coincide with a negative. It's that, so that's my whole thing. It's like, nah, you know what? Okay, cool. We got weaknesses. We all know that. That's period in life. Nobody's perfect. But you concentrate on your your people are around you or, or talking about your positives, and that's what you should focus on. So what? Um, so I, I, you know, obviously um, we've known each other a while now, and, and, and I fully understand BMO. Um, could you kind of like describe that for people that maybe have seen the hats and seen the t-shirts and have heard about it but but don't necessarily fully understand it alright BMO is BMO the mantra behind BMO is look defy the limitations people put on you exactly what I was saying prior you know too big to play football you know too small to model uh, too hood to ever be successful you know like anything where you know, because a professional is just an amateur that didn't quit, period. So for me, it's coming out of the the box people are trying to put you in. So the reason why I'm so passionate about it and the reason why I talk about it is because I believe it, because I embody it, because I live it. And that's what BMO is. And it's not, you know, people, it's always like, oh, yeah, BMO, beast mode, oh, yeah, gym, oh, yeah, weights and bang hench. weights and getting hench. And I swear down, the, the, the best and the strongest tool we own 
as individuals, as human beings, is our mind. Forget your arms, forget your chest. It's the mind. It's that mindset of as long as you apply yourself to the best of your ability, that's beast mode. And that's what my brand embodies. That's what BMO embodies. It's you get your mind right. You know, once you get your mind right, the rest will come. So if your mind's not right, you can't pick up no weight. You know what I'm saying? You can't <coughs> you can't persevere, you can't keep pushing forward. So the BMO mantra is look. Defy the limitations people put on you. That's period. And so it's a, it's a mind thing. So to go beast mode, and why is to be go beast mode is when you do something successful. Nah, it's not, you know. Beast mode is whenever you try and apply yourself to the best of your ability. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and sometimes you stand still. But it's always a lesson learned if you try and apply yourself to the best yeah. of your ability. I never learned any of that at Hybrid Group. <laughs> yeah. I ain't going to lie to you. I, I neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, no, I, I love that. And, and this is like when we first... I remember we, we first started uh, chatting and you only had maybe uh, 14,000 Twitter followers or something like that. And we kind of chatted he was doing some stuff with righty you know that, that kind of nice uh, video where, where you surprised him and stuff like that yeah. but it was only then when we really started to talk afterwards that I really started to kind of understand you and understand that um, and it's I've been in fact uh, listening to this um, to this um, podcast a guy called Andy Walsh had, had recommended this book to me called Grit by Angela Duckworth and I'm not reading it because I haven't got time for that but I do like an audio book uh, and I've been listening to that and she talks about the um uh, the Marines, actually, um, and how in America they've got a very difficult process by which you essentially enroll, you go through that whole boot camp thing yeah. to, to try and become a Marine. And because obviously the Marine training is pretty damn difficult, yeah. a lot of people drop out. Like yeah. A lot of people drop out. So they've been trying to understand why people drop out and, and, and etc. So uh, in the range of these studies, right, they've found a tested people for, uh, for intellect, for their athleticism, all these different things. And, and they thought that, well, maybe it's the poor ones that are dropping out. But actually what they found was that you're as likely to drop out of the process if you're someone that scored right at the top and that you're one of the, the favourites or the most likely to succeed, the most yeah. talented people, they're dropping out just as much as people that had got bad scores, yeah. that had sort of scraped into it. And obviously it's a really gruelling process from getting up every morning at 5am, by 5.30 you're out doing the, I don't know, I'm, I'm holding a pretend flag here, but doing that kind of stuff, and then you're training, then you're in the classroom, and then you're out doing all the marching. and stuff. Yeah. This whole day, and it goes day in, day out, day in, day out, and people are dropping out. And, and what they've kind of found out with that is not about talent. It's it's essentially their grit. It's the the power of passion mixed with perseverance. And she's then, and I'm only like a quarter through this book. Yes, yeah. so I don't know how yeah. it ends. So you're just making up the last bit. So yeah, I'm making up. No, but it, it, when I was listening to it, it reminded me of you because. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not sitting here saying you're not a talent football because I know you have a great touch and I know yeah. all these things, you know, and I know they're all vital. But when I, I look back at that whole thing about not accepting the, the, the constraints, the limitations that other people put on you, um, and in this world where we're so conscious about what people think about yeah. us and how we look, I think yeah. it's really difficult for young people. And that's the thing that, like, you shouldn't have been a footballer. If you'd listened to everyone, yeah. Yeah. you wouldn't have been a footballer, yeah. would you? Yeah. But you didn't listen to that. Yeah. And, and and I love that. And and now when I look at you, it's like, you could sit here and be a League One or League Two footballer. And if you just played that role, yeah. right, you'd be coming to the end of your career and then God knows what you'd be doing. Yeah. But you happen to not just be a League Two, League One. I know you played Championship ball as well, but 
You happen to no, be the I most. Never, by the way. All oh, right, sorry. I, no, I didn't make the champ. Thank you for bringing that up. Thanks. Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but you, again, right? You have not accepted the status quo because yeah. you happen to be. I'd say you're probably the most famous footballer in England outside of the Premier League. Yeah. I'd say you've got more YouTube subscribers, Instagram followers, Twitter footballers than most of the players in the Premier League that yeah. are doing it. Yeah. It's like how the fact that you continue to defy the game the way that things are the constraints and limitations you're not accepting and playing your role or, or the role that they want you to play yeah. you're always defining that and I fucking love that see, I, I, see I, thank you I love that see that for me embodies what I'm trying to do and the funny thing is and this is real I didn't set out to be different I didn't set out to say oh yeah you know what I'm going to do this I'm going to do I just set out to be me that is just period. And I've always been the mindset of how is somebody that ate me going to tell me what my dream is going to be? That's just, for me, it, it, it don't add up. So I can be sitting down with you and I'm like, look, you know what? I want to be this. And you tell me, nah, 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 you're not. For me, I'm like, what? You ain't me. Like, you know, so, so for me, that was the whole football mindset. It was like, nah. You know what? I'm, I'm going to be a baller. And I'm not saying that my my way is, you know, the supreme way and the right way. Because who knows if I had listened and tweaked and that, maybe I would have got to the promised land of the Prem. Nobody, I'm not saying that. Mm. But what I am saying is, you know what? Whenever you do something, if you could look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I can look at myself back in, I can look at myself back in my reflection and say, you know what, I'm proud of you. That's what I'll look back at my footballing mm. career and say, you know, what, I'm proud of it. You know, I keep saying, I didn't get to the champ, I didn't get to the prem. And I hear that. And maybe if I'd done a few things differently when I was younger, then maybe mm. I would have, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I did everything right. But the foundations, you know what I'm saying, of what I'm saying is, I weren't going to listen to nobody to, who mm. said, you know what? You can't be a footballer. That that was just a no go. And then even that. And then for me, it's the you know from there. Like you said, I started on this social media campaign, and I was just known here and there. You know what I'm saying within the footballing world. And wait, what? Two years later, um, from you known probably three years. We know each other three years. So two years later, from a year into it, it's like you said. Um, I'm probably known. I have a profile of a Premiership footballer yeah. where you know you I'm known viral. because yeah yeah um, it's it, it's it is still it's still today mind boggling I'm telling you it is mind boggling I went to jump I think it's called jump um, or kids kidsania or whatever on Sunday and I took my kids it was a family friend's birthday and I couldn't I, I couldn't move because. I was just taking pictures with everybody. People, I'm, it was just mad. Kizonia, they they let all the adults in free as long as I took a picture and they put it on their Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Bridge, give me some chicken as well. With that. You know? So it was. It's just. It's mind boggling. I just want to ask a sideboard, like, and if, if 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 this is okay to ask, but what are your are your kids and you, are they aware of who you are and what you? Is it weird for them or um, just daddy? They like. It, I'm just. I'm daddy to them. So. Yeah. My, you, you met Jai, well, yeah. Jai, my 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 boy. Yeah. Five he's, out of five. Yeah, he's yeah five out of five. Jai got five Spelling. out of five. Shout out Jai. Well done. <laughs> uh, him, he's the. Why you always want to take a picture of my daddy for? You know when we're yeah. out, he's that. He's like, why you want to take a picture of my dad? My older girl, she's gonna be nine. She knows. Yeah, yeah. She knows. She knows the 
the level she'll be like daddy's a celebrity I'm like nah she's now starting to use daddy I want to go on big star little stars so now <laughs> she's starting to really <laughs> clock on like yeah, oh, what can I get out of <laughs> my daddy being into so she's knowing whereas you know my youngest they're just they'll run around daddy yeah. AFC Wimbledon it's just for them but I'm just daddy I'm a big kid myself like you know around them I'm just a big kid so when we go out and I'm taking pictures they are starting to they're starting to, to grasp it more because it's happening more and more yeah. whereas the first few times it'll be one or two you know and I've, I've taken them to events where the, nearly the, the stadium has want to take pictures with me and they're always there after games and that so they see the elation they see our little kids lose their mind and they're protective yeah. so when they'll always come and now I've got my little one he's taking pictures with people he's coming in when I'm taking pictures he's coming in putting up inside <laughs> Cause that's my little boy. My, my little boy, he's something else. He's just, he is something else. But yeah, I mean, they know. They, they, they are starting to know. I think my youngest, the youngest, calls my my one year old. He don't know. My four year old, she just, she ain't grasp it. But the five, the six, and the nine year old, they, they know the deal. Yeah. It's amusing though. Uh, I mean, I've sort of we've obviously. Um, um, you came to my birthday didn't you my yeah. surprise footy game and there was like some kid that was crying afterwards because he didn't have his phone and he couldn't get a picture <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah I know and so, so you, you know, but, but you're amazing with kids which, which is brilliant and you've always got time for them and we were doing the drills you've been training then we are yeah. doing the stuff for, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the YouTube content that we're doing um, and then the kids are coming up and then you're even playing a bit of a game of yeah. like, footy tennis with, with their teacher and they say some mad stuff to you don't they yeah What's the maddest thing that one of these kids have ever said oh, to you? It's just mad. Like, and the worst thing is, for me, because I've got five, it's a bit more, I'm, I'm a bit used to it, having all these kids under my feet. Um, and when I say I'm a big kid, I am a big kid. So you see me with kids. I'm, you know, yeah. I just, and because kids have got no filter, it's just, they ride off their tongue. They'll be like, all right, so, you know, what car do you drive? How much money you got? What are you eating today? What did you eat yesterday? <laughs> you know, what did you sleep? What, what do TV you did you watch? Where'd you live? What's your door number? Email address? What's your number? You got your phone? You know, and they're just firing questions like it's nothing. You're like, uh, yeah. All right, so, and they're just, there's no filter. There's nothing to it. You know what I'm saying? It's just kids being kids. And for mm. me, I love that. Yeah. And I'm so, in a sense, for me, it's, I think kids are such our future in the sense where, um, you know, they're the next generation. So, you know, we're starting the whole BMO um, Football Academy. We're starting the BMO Mentoring. We're starting all that sort of stuff where, oh, you know, we can we can give back to, you know, just that whole mindset that, look, you know, the world likes to say what you can't do. I'm telling you what you can do. And if you believe it, you can achieve it. So yeah. that's the whole thing that we're trying to give back from the whole BMO mm. franchise. Which is a, uh, I mean, I think that that's amazing if you can kind of use your popularity that you've kind of that you've gained and, and gained with kids to kind of uh, to, to get that through to people because yeah. we have been in a world where people tell you what you can't be yeah. and 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 and, and I, I love the whole BMO thing. It's I mean, um, I was born in, in Wakefield. Not that I've achieved. Uh, anything necessarily but I was in a place where moving to London was was a mad thing to do yeah. and and you know my I remember my mates being uh, we were finishing school and that and my mates like I've got a job at British Gas amazing job for life and I'm just like what a job for life yeah I, I mean, like 18 is this? that sounds like hell <laughs> job for life yeah. you know and and I remember coming to London I was like oh Wilson's off to London you know what I mean he's oh, yeah. he'll be he'll be like on the streets he'll be like selling the big issue like you know what I mean that kind of thing and 
and but, but I remember my mum was always kind of like said that you can be um, whatever you want to be like, yeah it doesn't whatever you want to be yeah. if you want it and you work towards it you can be whatever and, and I really um, thank my mum for that where did you kind of get that from Do you, is there any way you, anything you can pinpoint about where that came from for you do you know what it was my parents you know they came over here when we was I mean, I was born here, so they came over. My brother was born in Belgium. And the funny thing is, they was trying to get over to America. But at that time, it was very difficult to get, like, permanent stay. So they kind of pit-stopped here and then stayed here. But I saw my parents. They worked, you know what I'm saying? They had to do the cleaning jobs. You know, they worked. And the funny thing is, it was we never went without. So for me and my mum was just like, look, you know, if there's something you want to do, they, we wasn't blessed with overly cash, but say we wanted a computer, we'd tell him in January and by Christmas, it would be, you know, it wasn't like we could get a computer any time. Mm. It was like, look, if that's what you want, give us the time, we'll save up for it, X, Y, and Z. And I just remember thinking, you know what? It, it was, there was mum and dad, it was my mum and dad and there was four of us. And as a family, it was always that. And my mum was always, look, if you want something in life, you know, you work towards it. You know, don't let nobody say you can't do it. Let nobody deter you. And it was my parents. And I'm, I'm, I've been very lucky um, to have, you know, my parents, my brother, my sister. You know, I, I was lucky to have a real good family foundation. Um, I'm very family orientated now yeah. because I'm. I was very family. I was in a. It was a, in a loving family that you know always backed me. My parents didn't have the time to you know come down to watch me play Sunday because they worked seven days a week. You know, but they they always encouraged me. You know, they knew football was what I wanted to do, so they always encouraged me when I needed the two pound subs. You know, they gave me the two pound subs. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I pinpoint it from my mum and dad. Uh, I just. I showed them so much love in that sense. Um, plus, my mum would whoop my ass if I didn't. Mm. Uh, she's the only one in this world that, you know, she tells me to sit down, I'm sitting down. I can't even pet. Like, my dad, I can be like, Dad, I'm a man. Like, my mum. <laughs> my mum is a straight shutdown, do you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, it's my parents. Tell us, uh, tell us a bit about the content you've been doing with Ball Street. So, we come up with this idea about the beast versus the virtual beast yeah. obviously FIFA is part of your rise yeah 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 no massive shout out to EA FIFA showing me enough love um, you know I was an ambassador for FIFA 16 um, one of the first players outside the Prem to get a head scan in the new game sort yeah. of thing so I look real life like so that was what was that like that it was surreal it was surreal I mean doing it um, it was just I think 32 cameras sat down in the middle of him they took the pictures had to mouth a couple few things but I wasn't even, I wasn't that gassed at that time I was just like oh yeah cool when I saw my character even the, the body shape I was like oh I've arrived I've made it. I'm up in this world I'm up in this game and I was like it, all that and the worst thing is I keep saying my brother my brother was the one who showed me the magnitude of being having that title with the strongest player in FIFA. So that's the strongest player in the world. How many players they are yeah. for them to realise, look, mm. bro, ain't nobody stronger than you. You're that guy. It's like being the quickest or the most skillful. Yeah, yeah, that's like yeah. Ronaldo being the quickest or, you know, Messi being the most skillfulest. Then you've got Akin Fremble who's the strongest. You know, yeah. It's like that in itself was just... It's such a proud achievement, and when I got my head scan, I was like, "Oh yeah, man, I'm moving up in the world." So yeah. then, when I when I we, I mean, me and Ball Street have been been linking up, like me and Matt's linked up for a little while. Um, so then we said, "Look, um, people are really kind of, you know, vibing with this this the whole beast." You know what I'm saying? The whole the the, the whole beast 
genre at the moment so let's try and do some videos um, so we set up a YouTube channel um, and then we, we we've done some ideas FIFA Taxi um, but I'm overly feeling Beast against Virtual Beast I yeah. think the, the concept is sick we've put out a couple sick. videos at the moment and I can it can only be like it's only going to get better yeah. you know what I'm saying so I like what you're saying like you, one of the ones where you're racing yeah, you're racing yeah. each other and you said if I beat the virtual beast yeah. then they have to up my they my have speed. to they have there's no like you know what I'm saying as long as see they, they don't even know they don't know the, what they've unleashed now what I can't unleash like if I ain't getting a good six bumper because I beat the virtual beast so that means ask for eight so yeah look like that's what I'm saying ask for eight scratch it I want eight so me and the EA head office I'm telling you bro, we're going to have to have a talk because I beat him fair and square yeah. and I could have gone quicker <laughs> the, um, I think with that as well I mean God, let's let's go LA and see Stevie G and, and yeah. do all with him. That'd be yeah, cool. man, that'd be as soon as he's promised us that he'll yeah, do Yeah, man, want. that's that's good. Yeah, Glove, we actually told me. he added we, <laughs> and he added everything we want. I didn't really say all that. I just said he got me. Like, you know, I mean? but uh, Stevie G, like, he's a straight legend. Anyway, like, I ain't even gonna lie. I tell you that story. Like, there's not many things <coughs> or many people that I get gassed about. Nah, I'm like, especially now because you know. I've met Henri, met Ian Wright, Ozil, John Cherry, like all the people that, you know, when we were younger, mm. you know, you're like, raw, these are them guys, you know, and then, you know, playing against them, like, to be on the same pitch as Stevie G was just, it was, it was, it was breathtaking. Mm -hmm. So for me, not much things gas me now, you know what I'm saying? Because I'll go to events, David Hay, Andy Joshua, all these people now, I'm, I'm in the same company with them and it, it all that's still again, mind boggling. I'm like, raw, and they all know me, ah, oh, the big one, ah, oh, the big one, ah, oh, the big one. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> we'll be chatting. But then I remember the day of, after my birthday, because Stevie G's on eight hours behind me. So that's the only reason why I was late. So I, Stevie G, I understand. Um, <laughs> He was like, right, happy birthday, big man. And I remember opening it being like, nah, nah, nah. Oh. Wait, he actually sent a personal message. Um, and then he was like, I was like, right, yo. And I said the same thing to him. I was like, look, look, Stevie G, look, sir. And I, I called him, sir. I don't really call many people, sir. I was like, look, sir, I don't get gassed about many things, but I overly appreciate this. It just adds to the legend status you've got to me. And he's like, nah, man, it's cool. Um, then he was like, look, if you're ever out in LA and that, it was so out of game and that. I was like, that's a beautiful thing. So, I love um, that story. Flav, who would, who would your, um, you know, if you could have a birthday, a surprise birthday, which would make you feel like, who would that be? I don't, oh. mind, I don't mind Andy Booth. Andy Booth. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know him? Striker. The see? old head of Huddersfield. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plymouth Wednesday. That yeah, be, Wednesday, yeah. Squarehead. Really good header. Great header. Great yeah. header. Yeah. Yeah. Played three games at Tottenham on trial. The greatest player in Spurs' history. I want He wasn't. He was, the worst. He was <laughs> the among, worst. among the worst I've ever seen. I remember he scored one goal but, and it was disallowed. It was a Sergei Rebrov that's crossed right, it. That's right. Do you know what? I, I played football this morning. No, played, like, I don't want to say this out loud, but it's actually at Arsenal at Coney at Arsenal's training ground. Uh, As a Spurs fan, that's difficult for me I to, to you, say. You. But you appreciate that. But football's really hard. Man. Football's hard. It's, it's hard when you're playing against people that are fairly decent yeah, and at 35, you're 34. I don't really want to play anymore. I've, yeah, had, my, I, I've had my feel. I hear that. I hear that. I'm coming towards the end. I still got the burning desire yeah. to ball, but I understand mm -hmm. what you're saying. That's like when we come against a passing team that is just passing it, and it feels like you're chasing shadows, and yeah. you're like, "Yo, man, this is not for me." Like, um, it's one of them ones. But then when you're doing it to other people and beasting them and yeah. that, like, yeah. it's a beautiful feeling.
Paul Walsh, by the way. Paul Walsh. Paul Walsh, yeah. Paul Walsh, yeah. Do you remember him? He played for Liverpool for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he's, following, he's following me on Twitter, by the way. I could hook that up. Really? <laughs> Swear down, Paul Walsh. Please do. Follow me on Twitter and that. Don't worry, Flav. It's my guy. <laughs> When's your birthday, Flav? 31st of August. 31st of August. Time could have been worse. Could have been much worse. All right, so we gonna, do you want to do the Periscope thing? Should we do the Periscope? It's quite, no, maybe. Time it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Go through these. We've got all right. We've got some. We've got some fact or fiction. These are things that we found on the internet. We believe to be true, but okay. you have to either say whether they are true or false. This is a little bit silly, but the rest are pretty, pretty, uh, pretty fair. I think Akin Fenwar once squeezed an M M&M and M so hard it turned into a skittle. You know that's not wrong. I mean, that's no, wrong. That's wrong. That's a lie. Akin Fenwar once won an F one race on a bicycle. Yeah, Lewis, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton was behind me. Sorry, Lou. I said I wouldn't tell the people. Do you want to do this one? You know it is. Nah. How good is it? Giraffes were created when Akin Fenwar uppercut a horse. <laughs> yeah. He tried to take my chicken. Bam! You know what I mean. Akin Fenwar had a twin, but ate him. Yeah, in the Ian Holloway knows about that. You know how it is. That's how I got my size. Yeah, that was amazing, by the way. That I is true. That. And um, the final one. Well, this is a question more than a fact. What's the largest animal you could throw over a crossbar? Um, and I can throw it any which way. Any way you want. You could between your legs and over if you want. Could you do it like, like you know, the hammer in the Olympics where you, you spin around and yeah, get a bit larger? Whatever you um, right, so You've got to think about it as well. You could do a dog, couldn't you? Let's start. Oh, well, get, yeah, it's scrappy. You could get scrappy over My dog's scrappy. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll do like, scrappy cats, no, dogs. But not dogs. any. Well, you couldn't get a. A new, what, what, any dog there's some big not, dogs out there like Alsatian you get an Alsatian over a crossbar yeah, uh, yeah. really yeah man you got to look at it I found out that I can bench press a female panda bear polar bear wow polar bear so technically you could lift it and so you got to think of it but then it's a throw but I can, I can bench press throw, as long as you can get it that's over that's what I'm saying so if I can bench press a polar bear it's 180 kg there's not really much <laughs> I couldn't dash you know what I'm saying I'm just, I'm just trying to say so that we're physically talking the largest it may be a panda maybe a panda maybe a polar bear I'm just saying like I, I, I ain't trying to I ain't trying to test it I'm just saying theoretically if I can bench press 19 kg a female polar bear is 180 Generally, I should be able to flick over, you know, but yeah. then maybe that's where, like, the, the legs will come into play. But, yeah, like... I like that you're actually breaking it down and thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm thinking about <laughs> it. You know, I'm, that's, that's Very, the kind of guy I am. I reckon yeah, the most I can go probably a pug. Get a pug over. A pug, yeah. Okay. Like, the, uh, so look man um, thanks for, for letting us in your home yeah man it's yeah. a pleasure man it's a privilege uh, thank you for joining us I, I, I love some of the uh, the insights into into um, being a pro now and, and during your life and I guess just to say that um, I mean uh, like we were saying they said you couldn't be a footballer and you, you've done that not only that but you've got over 100 league goals mm. as a league one league two footballer really you're you should be playing second fiddle to, to the Premier League you're, you know and, and actually not only that but you're completely transcending what what you kind of should be um, and I think that I'm quite excited to see what actually you're going to become because I've seen a lot of footballers that have got to the, the end of their careers and they don't know what to do I think yeah. Wrighty was lucky because he went straight into primetime TV so yeah. the buzz continued yeah. but a few others they're kind of, so all of a sudden the train stops the phone doesn't ring 
the, the, the whole schedule that's around the club and, and, and the, the match day when everyone comes around and they're talking yeah, about you yeah. and the team they're singing your name you get to, to feel that high about scoring I think when that's taken away you've seen it in football you see it in the NFL you see it in all sports really it, it's, you lose that rush yeah it's, it's hard because you know the funny thing is like football NFL you know it, it's all you know for the first bit so you think about it like from your kid to 15, 16 so you're still a kid. Then from 16 to 30, 34, 35, where it is, you, you, you're thrust into an industry which, not being funny, a lot gets done. You're told when to go, where to be, you know, your kit's done for you. You So you're done. And then at 36, if that all stops, you're like, well, I was so used to one certain part of, of my life or how my life should be. It is basically like starting again if you haven't thought about what you're going to do and it is it can be a scary you know because yeah. it like but that ain't you though is it nah, nah, that's, for that, me, that's what's amazing yeah like. I'm, I, I'm trying not to I'm trying to I'm trying to set up the next 30 years of yeah. my life you know I mean it's not just me I've like I've seen I've got five mini beast mode kids running around yeah. and, and a missus who, who who spends a lot of money you know so um yeah, she heard that. <laughs> um, <no. laughs> but, but Susan, I think I think it's really interesting to see what actually you're going to become yeah. um, in time. I, I'm just going to put it out there. I think the first Black Bond should be. I ain't even going to lie. I, put me in a suit, and I'm and I'm, I'm and the worst thing is I'm changing it because you know I like to change it. I'm not no longer 007. I'm 008. Fine, my <laughs> <Like> grill. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is <laughs> well, seriously Matt you know really proud to know you a lot of admiration for you big fan uh, as well as you know you, you, you're a good pal too so thanks again for today you're welcome man uh, good luck in the playoffs thanks absolutely I'll be watching uh, we'll be cheering for you thanks 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 signing off beast mode nice for pal nice thanks, love mate. love me. I enjoyed that the long ball street Live it long, 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 the long ball street. Live it long, 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 the long ball street. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.